By the way, I'm recording. Good, I'm recording too. Okay, brilliant. Two, two, two. Two, 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 two. A two, 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 two. It's midday and I'm fully in my pyjamas. Well, good. Well, let's talk about this now. Here we go. Andy Bush and Louise Maloney coming back at you with another episode of the A to Z of everything. I would say operating slightly in reduced circumstances uh, today for this episode, just for a number of reasons which we should immediately explain, shouldn't we, Louise? Let's start with going out last night. Let's start with that then, shall we? We went out last night, didn't we, on the tiles? I'm not used to a bush. I'm just not used to it. And it's, it's affected me today. Definitely affected me, but we had a really good night. We did. We went to see our uh, lovely friend, Melanie Gedroich. Uh, she's not becoming artist you may 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 have heard of her in a comedian uh and mm-hmm. she's in a brilliant uh, play called the crown jewels with al murray and the fella off the in-betweeners and neil morrissey which was which was really good wasn't it we had a right old laugh a chortle it was one of those just very light entertainment fun nights lots of laughs didn't have to think too much about it which i love a play like that and yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it and i didn't know Mel Gedroyd and Al Murray were such a comedic match made in heaven, did you? They were, they, they were like slapstick brilliance. Uh, I think there's only a, a week brilliant. or so of it left in, in London, but then it's travelling around the UK, uh, the Crown Jewels. But uh, it's really, really good. And uh, yeah, Mel's fantastic. Al Murray is, is something else, isn't he? He's, he's like Captain Flashheart from Blackadder. He really is. And he does this amazing thing where I guess it's just a real stand-up comedy sort of skill to have where he just picks on people in the audience. I didn't know there'd be so much audience participation. But I don't know if I you? like that. I mean, I don't know if you, have you ever been picked out of the audience for anything? I, I haven't ever. And I, it fills me with dread. Imagine having to get up on stage or talk to a, someone who's on stage doing a show. I was once, I was once at a comedy gig in this really cool pub in Ireland, in Dublin called The International, where a lot of comedy got, but people start off. Right. They do a lot of their test shows there. And I remember an Irish comic picking me out of the crowd for looking so uh, sulky during his, uh, his That's set. That's weird, I can't imagine that. <laughs> he was like, there's a girl here and oh my God, she has not laughed once <laughs> and she is just looking at me with a sour puss in her face. And I was like, oh yeah, shit, I should probably look a bit more encouraging. But it's hard, last night was not like that. The laughs came naturally, the laughs came easily. It was very, very good. Can I ask you an honest question? Don't take this the wrong way. Genuinely, don't take this the wrong way. If you're going to caveat it with that, like, Jesus, what's coming? Okay, go on. Because I don't know. I'm not saying you have. But do you worry that you may have a resting bitch face? I mean... What's your normal default stare? Is it it quite intimidating? Or have you got kind of a jolly, kind of happy-go-lucky look when your face is resting? Well, we've known each other 10 years, so you tell me, Bush. I'm too scared to say it. No, I'm only joking. I don't really know. <laughs> but I did notice that you were watching the play last night with, with your arms folded, which was just an interesting, uh, you know, you, you're enjoying yourself. But I guess if you're on stage seeing that, you might think that you're um, yet to be convinced. I'll tell you for why. Because I never know, like, which armrest is mine. This was a genuine thought in my head last night. <laughs> and I didn't want to, like, you know, it was a very warm night. As you know, it was like 32 degrees last night. And I didn't want to yeah. touch off your sweaty arm because you were in a short sleeve t-shirt. Hey. And I didn't want to, and I didn't want to touch off the woman, the randomer next to me. So I just was like, what is the safest thing here? So I just folded my arms. Or at one point I had my, my palms on my knees and yeah, maybe yes. it didn't look that, that crap. Maybe it didn't look that welcoming. I didn't think about that. You, you're just being incredibly diplomatic because I, I was using, so I was sat to your right, um, um, as we look at the stage. Yeah. And I, and I was using the left arm rest. I had my elbow on that. Only because the woman who was sat to my right was like leaning into oh. my personal space. But her boyfriend was quite a bell end. Uh, I don't know whether they were on like a first date. He kept talking all the but, time. And she, she kept having to shut I up. Heard, Do you remember I that? I heard her shushing him. 
And she seemed... Yeah, he was talking. She seemed lovely. So basically, also, we should tell people that they were the ones coming in with like two glasses of wine. He had two bottles, mini bottles in his back pockets. Did you see that when he was yeah, walking by us? As soon as he was sitting uh, down, I was thinking, here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. You're right, though. He was a bit of a bell end. So she was probably trying to get away from him into you. And then the woman next to me, because I was wearing quite a short dress, ooer, uh, her 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 <laughs> thigh was grazing her clothed oh. thigh was grazing my naked thigh. <laughs> oh, it's almost a bit like um, keys in the bowl pie, a wasn't it last bit. night? I think it was when you when you think about just it. Just maybe don't go to the theatre on the hottest day of the year. Uh, but I, I tell you what, though, um, and this is you know I don't ever normally go to the theatre at all. It's only because we you know are friends with Mel that we we kind of went, but. Um, I could get into that. I don't know if anyone listening to this is like a, a regular theatre goer. Maybe you go and do that thing where, what do people do in the West End? Because I work in the West End, but don't do anything, you know, fun in the West End bar going into the office. But I think people go for like, then they go for like cheap food, like have a past, go to pasta and, and have a pizza and some wine and then go to the theatre. Because yeah. most people were kind of drunk in there, weren't they? They were a bit. And people were just absolutely cracking themselves up. But also, did you sense my panic? So basically, we, we should also say that... Um, we should also say that Bush knew Bush knew nothing about this play, and I knew nothing, nothing about this play going in. And I, I panicked because the first, very first scene is a girl singing, and I just turned yes. to Bush and I went, "Oh fuck, this isn't a musical, <laughs> is it?" And you looked at me. And you, you mirrored how I felt because uh, that would scare the life out of me. A musical, and you were like, "I don't know." And we looked at each other and I was like, "Oh my god, if I've got two and a half hours oh, of a god. musical, I'll cry." <laughs> Luckily, there were just a couple of songs interspersed. Scenes. Look, look, Mel, Mel, we love you, but if you ever end up in Miss Saigon, we Not ain't coming. Uh, any other stuff going on, Louise? The, the, we're talking about the fact that we're both tired a little bit from that. And obviously, it's incredibly hot uh, as we record this. And I'm sure when you when you get to listen to this, it will still be roasting hot. And I don't know about you. I'm, I'm kind of over it now, to be honest with you, this whole heat thing. I'm, I'm sick of it. When we didn't get a summer, I got my winter coat out. I was like, well, winter's coming early. Need to That's get the that. lovely coat out. Got the proper duvet out. And then as soon as I did, we had this crazy Indian summer. And... I mean, I don't know about you. I, I want, I want to get jumpers going again. I don't. Fashion-wise, I don't really work in the summer. I, mean, I, I don't know whether most people who are listening to this now have got like a season mm-hmm. that they feel like their clothing works best mm-hmm. for. Uh, Louise, you have kind of uh, an underlying goth kind of vibe. Do, do you feel that your goth vibe works as well in the summer as it does in the winter, or has you got a particular season? Well, do you know what? I had a good think about it in spring. I was like, "What is my summer attire this year?" And I went with, and I probably wore it every bloody day: uh, black cycling shorts. And okay. some sort of band or vintage T-shirt to go over it, and it actually did me quite well. And that, and a, a, I always have a little black dress on the go. That was what was taken out for last night, and then I'm done for the summer. Do you know I like that combination? I might give that a go. Cycling shorts and a big band T-shirt. It works for Axel Rose. It worked for me. It does, and it also hides a multitude of sins. I, I think with me, it probably wouldn't. So yeah, there's that, there's the heat, there's the tiredness, but let's not let that uh, in any way shift our focus from what we're here to do, and that is to jump randomly around the alphabet uh, via pebbles that are drawn out of the bag of destiny with a different letter written on each one. So um, a couple of people have asked me during the week, um, have I missed a load? Because, you know, obviously we did Q last week. Yeah. Don't worry about that. We're jumping around the alphabet and we will come back to letters as well. So if you didn't get a suggestion in, it will come back around. Don't you worry about that. It is the ultimate social experiment to try and document every iconic thing in life, past and present and beyond via the organisational power of the alphabet. Uh, Last week I drew out um, a, a pebble that kind of gave me a little pit of stomach feeling because it is a tough one. When we did the 80s out of the 90s, it was a tough one as well. It's X. How are we feeling about this? Um, I'm feeling okay about it. I'm not overly positive, 
but I'm feeling okay right. about it. I think, you know, once you get stuck in, you actually find that there are more words than you would have thought. And so that's good. But um, it's definitely like you've really, you've really hit us hard. Q and then X in the first couple of weeks. It's tough. It's a tough Jesus. start. I, I, well, I was going to say we're getting them out of the way, but they could pop up again. No. I mean, next week could be X again. That's how this thing works. No, Bush. No. To start with, X is for X-ray. I mean, I've never had an X-ray. Have you ever had an X-ray? I have had an X-ray. How could you have gotten to your 40s and never had an X-ray? Actually, that's a complete lie. I have had an X-ray. Of course you have. What the hell am I talking about? Of course you have. I thought it wasn't an X-ray. Is it an X-ray if you go inside a big metal tin for a bit? Well, that was that was what I was going to ask you. So do you mean like an MRI or a CT? I think I had one of them on my back, you see, to, to work out why my back was so bad. But um, you, you're inside this incredibly little like tin space. Yeah. looks like an iron lung with your head out the end. Or actually, your head's actually in it. Uh, and I loved it in there. I nearly fell asleep in there. And the woman said to me, you're, you're the only person in ages that's enjoyed this. Because I said I'd like, happily stay in for a bit longer. Uh, it was like a flotation tank. And she said, normally most people completely freak out and get really claustrophobic in there. But I kind of loved it. Well, that's just testament to the fact that you have two young children and you just wanted a lie down and a bit of quiet. Bit of I, I would take a, a bit of peace literally uh, literally anywhere. The one of the reasons I'm obsessed with, with having an old school x-ray is, is drinking the barium meal, the legendary barium meal which is that is that that thing that goes into your stomach and system so people can and it shows up on on the big screen is that what that is is that what it's called bush i think it's called barium meal but it, it's it, for me in my head if i if i close my eyes and think barium meal i think bubbling green potion yeah. in some kind of flask or tankard from a, a fantasy novel absolutely i actually had an mri last year bush and i was the complete opposite of you absolutely <laughs> hated it <laughs> And what's, I don't know if this is better or worse. I have to be careful what I say here. But they said to me, do you want headphones with music on? And I said... Oh, yeah, they asked me about yeah, that. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I said yes, because I thought, you know, any distraction is a good distraction. Obviously, couldn't bring in my own phone, you know, and we'll listen to a podcast. So they gave me these mm. little rickety headphones and I put them on and it was magic. Magic Radio. Oh, really? Can't get away yeah, from it. Yeah, and obviously, I to all the listeners who don't know, I worked at Magic for like six years. I was a, um, a producer there, blah, blah, blah. So when I got the headphones put on, I was like, I don't know if this is good or bad, to be honest. I don't know if I want to be listening to this. So I got to listen to like an hour and a half of The Breakfast Show, and then I was able to text my old boss and be like, I have some thoughts on The Breakfast Show. I've just listened and done a snoop, and here's what I think. And she was like, what? I was like, in an MRI. She's like, okay. But the crazy thing, just to move on to magic for one thing, the craziest thing about working at magic is the amount of emails I used to get that would say, hi there, I gave birth three weeks ago and magic was on in the delivery suite and our right. baby was born at 10 past 11 on this day. Can you please give me the song? Because apparently that's the station that all the surgeons go for when they're performing uh, operations or whatever. Oh, really? So it is magic, uh, magic or whatever it is, is the, is the uh, radio station of choice for... Medical procedures. Yeah. And I once got in a taxi and he said to me, you know, uh, where do you work? And I said, this was years ago. And I said, I work in magic. And he goes, no way. And I said, yeah. And he goes, you know, if I have a couple in the back of the car and they're fighting, I turn on magic. And it's always like, wow. I know. And he goes, and that completely just disintegrates <laughs> the fight. And they're like making out within like five minutes. I was like, well, that's an incredible endorsement. Wow. That is amazing. So it can actually diffuse uh, confrontation. We should... Take it over to Ukraine and name it at the Russians to so calm them down a little bit. That's so that's so bizarre because I they piped music into my little container when I was having my thing done. Yeah. So it wasn't like an earphone situation. Ah. But that was smooth radio. You see, there's which, a theme uh, here. Kind of made me slightly angry. Yeah, there's a theme you know here, I mean? isn't there? Because 
Who's to say you like that kind of music? Yeah, I well, I mean, even worse. You remember one of my little nose operation? Yeah. Little nose cancery, like, they cut that out. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I was kind of trussed up and had, like, loads of tape on my face and tarpaulin and all this kind of stuff. And that was heart. But what, the last thing you need when you're having a bit of your nose removed is, is listening to, to heart. The sugar babes. Like, what, you know what would I mean? you have done? What would you have done if, like, Disturbed Sound of Silence came on? That would have been, I'd have had to, like, hold me down or um, sedate me with, like, a, a rag with some chloroform yeah. or something like that because I'd have just start, start swinging. You hate that, don't you? Oh, I hate it. Hate it. I mean, there's been a real, there's been quite a big blow up about this. If, you, if you're not aware, um, the radio station I work for, Absolute Radio, doing this survey of what is the greatest song, greatest song in the past 15 years. And one of my co-presenters, Jenny Langdon, uh, picked um, um, Disturbed Sound of Silence. Oh, I she, she picked joking. that? Oh, did she actually? She pick- picked it. Wow. So, you know, she's a radio presenter. It's got all the songs in the world there within the past 15 years. It's gone for, I, I think, to cause trouble, uh, Disturbed Sound of Silence. And I've just been, I, I kind of jokingly just said, it is, I think it's the worst cover version in the world. That's not me joking. That's, mm. that's for real. That's a mm-hmm. fact. I, I even then did a joke video where I picketed with like a, an advertising board up and down Carnaby Street, which is probably taking it a little bit too far, but it's, it's how I felt about it. And the actual guy from Disturbed tweeted me to say, geez, calm down, man. Thanks for making us feel so bad. I was like, oh God, oh no. That's the last thing you want when you're picketing against someone for them to pick it up and be like, do you know what? Kind of hurt. Not going to lie. Yeah. Kind of hurt. Because if he said, shut up, you specky idiot, that'd be fine. Yeah. He's just having a go back at me. But he's just said he's like quite hurt by it and calm down and don't take it so seriously. And I felt, I felt awful. Yeah, I mean, it's one, I've been very, very rarely ever, you know, someone from the world of music has got in touch with me about something that I've said on the radio or on Twitter. So it's the only the second time. So I've had disturbed sound of silence guy say, calm down, Bush, leave it alone. I don't even think it's the best cover version in the world. And then the only other person who's got in touch with me is the lead singer of, um, what's that band that did Secret Smile? Semisonic. Semisonic. He got in touch with me because I, I had put on Twitter that Secret Smile is about a woman's tuppence. The JJ, yeah, I know you did. The JJ, and um, he got in touch to say that's absolutely ridiculous what you're talking about. And I felt like I was being told off by one of my parents. I mean, I absolutely love that. Like, how did he even... Did you say it on the air or did you say it on Twitter? I said it on Twitter. And okay. then, one, you, know, you know what Twitter's like? You get these little telltale tits yeah, yeah, who yeah. copied him in. Yeah. And then he's having to clarify that it's not about a woman's tuppence on Twitter. And the fact that he's even had to clarify that, and like, my career is supposed to be about radio, is quite humbling and embarrassing, to be honest with you. So I feel like I've learned a couple of lessons this, this year so far. Well, my question is, if it's not about a tuppence, then what is it about? Well, I don't know. I mean, what the hell is a secret smile? If you know what a secret smile is, get in touch. Drop me a little tweet at Bush on the radio and I'll go back to him. Still got his Twitter handle. Brilliant. Just before we move on from x-rays, okay, I fell down a rabbit hole of (laughs) Google Images last week and it was babies getting x-rayed. Have you ever seen a baby get x-rayed, Bush? No, never. So they're put in this clear, not jar, that's wrong, clear cylinder with their arms up. So it's this little chubby baby with just a clear (laughs) cylinder. And it's the cutest, <laughs> most freakish thing you've ever seen. So anyone, if you need a laugh today, just Google baby getting x-rayed and it is absolutely adorable. So what are they, do they kind of enjoy it? Are they liking it in the little glass tube or do they, they feel like they're stuck in a jam jar? They look confused, but obviously they're okay because they're with doctors and their mom is there, but they definitely look a bit confused. I think the fatter the better, like squished into that. That'd be quite cute, wouldn't it? I mean, our, our, our youngest um, Stella's quite a little chubber. I'd like to see her in a little jam jar. But this... 
or something, get an X-rate. It's just so cute, Bush. I can't cope. You've got to look it up, Bush. You've got to. Uh, so X is for X-rays. And just like that, we're off. I don't know if you're aware of this. And to be fair, I don't know if a lot of British people are aware of this. Oh, I. And it's called, it's a tablet. It's a medication called Xanax. Right, okay. Do you, have you heard of this, Bush? Well, only because I think the Irish, you may think this is completely wrong, but I think the Irish and the Americans have a similar way of, like, knowing loads of names of tablets. You, you Irish, you Irish, I don't mean this in a kind of, like, accusory way, mm-hmm. but um, I think sometimes you talk about um, tablet types the way the Americans do, and I don't think Brits talk about it the same way. Do you know what I mean? Yes, how, I think you're right. However, there is no... British equivalent, like there, there is no British equivalent of this tablet. So it's in the Valium family, in the diazepam family, and so it's a downer, and right. it's an it's an immediate anti anxiety med. Right, and people, so it, it's in Ireland and it's in the states. It's huge in the states to the point where I'm pretty sure it's become a problem. Can you can you just go and get it in a in a pharmacy, or no. do you have to be have it prescribed? No. So you have to have it prescribed, and it's very hard to get. And the oh, I'm not sure I should be telling this story actually. Do it, do it. The only reason I know what they are and and have experience with them is because my granny lived to like 93 and by the end of her life, she was quite nervous and stuff like that and she lived on her own and blah, blah, blah. Because she's near the end of her life, doctors aren't really worried about her getting addicted or anything like that because apparently they are highly addictive. And so... Again, I'm not pushing drugs on this podcast. I'm just... Every week no, it's no, no, narcotics no, no, no. with I'm you, Louise. You're out of control. I'm just, I'm just educating people of what they are. I'm not saying they're good or bad. I'm just educating. You're like Zamo, to use an 80s cultural reference. Just, um, just say no. Really? Okay, well, I don't know what that reference is, but okay. I shall move on. So my granny yep. used to have these tablets called Xanax. And so these are perfect for if you have a really, really bad hangover and you wake up with the fear. And we've talked about the fear, Bush, you and I. And sweaty and scared, you mean? Sweaty and scared. I call it the fear. And it's like, oh, Jesus, what did I say? What did I do? How did I behave? Blah, blah, blah. You pop one Xanax and you don't have a care in the world. And wow. you are actually completely fine for the day. And then you sleep like a baby for 12 hours. Who the hell are you, Michael Jackson? What is this? Getting so, up off your hangover, having a Xanax after your Jesus juice and then back to sleep dude, on another tablet. I'm telling you, it's the way to escape like a hangover. It's unbelievable. So when I moved over to London and I started this really hectic job and I was pretty stressed and I couldn't sleep and I went to the NHS GP and I was like, can I get some Xanax? She was like, what now? <laughs> I was like, I need some Xanax. And she was like, A, we don't have them. And B, if we did, I would not be prescribing you Xanax. I don't know how you've gotten your hands on them, but absolutely Whoa. not. I know. Wow. I know. So if you're that way inclined, Xanax, anti-anxiety brings you right down to earth. Well, it's interesting because uh, we we flew recently with work to Barcelona for something we were doing the radio station. And yeah. um, the guy I do the show with, Richie's wife, Natalie, lovely Natalie, is uh, she's not a big fan of flying. Okay. I mean, and I've done this, I mean, I've kind of feel like I've dealt with my fear of flying through hypno- hypnotherapy and all that kind of stuff. So, But I, at one point, I was on the old Bob Martin you know, the tablets on the way over there. Would that be Xanax? Because she, she took one and it wasn't really working. So she took two or three more. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think you're supposed to do, and add a bit of champagne. Yeah. And then it all kind of like, it's quite a delayed release. And then suddenly at one point, you know, she was just like... Didn't give uh, a... Almost walking around the the plane like she was, uh, you know, uh, who can I say, the guy from The Doors, Jim Morrison or something. You know what I mean? It was like, it suddenly all hit all at once. But I think quite a few people do use them for flying. Would that that be that tablet? That would be exactly that. Now, again, I don't think they're on the NHS. I think she probably would have had diazepam and they give you really low... Oh, that's it? Yeah. 
and they give you quite low doses here. So I wouldn't surprise me that she had to take three or four. You know, I would have been like, you know, double <laughs> dropping from that morning um, just to get me through double the Double dropping. Um, but yeah, Xanax, absolutely amazing. Apparently, you can get them much easier in the States. I'm not, I'm not advising people that if they're in You the are. No. You're out of control. This is like a pharmaceutical podcast, this. If you go to the States and get Xanax, you got to share, okay? Share the stash. Can you, can you stop encouraging our listeners to bring you back illicit, you know, drugs from different countries? This is, uh, this is not how we expected this to pan out. Dude, you, talk, you, know I mean? you talk to me once you've tried a Xanax, okay, and you can't get your hands on anymore. Then we'll talk, okay? Wow, what a sinister uh, footnote to this particular section of the podcast. Uh, so X is for Xanax. Uh, thank you, Louise. Uh, another X coming back at you. Uh, Steven Seagal has um, recommended this on Twitter. He says X-ray specs. Do you remember the thing in the 80s where you, uh, you, know, you could buy X-ray spectacles from joke shops or through magazines, specialist magazines, and they were supposedly... Um, allow you to see men or women completely naked. So what was the crack with these? Like, did they just show you a naked lady or a naked man when you put them on to make you think that you were seeing through someone's clothes? Or how did they work when you put them on? Well, first of all, they were an absolute rip-off and it didn't work at all. So, like, you were literally just looking through um, perforated cardboard, having spent your pocket money on it. So that was the biggest slap in the face. Secondly, they, they say they're x-ray specs, but the, ma- the magazine hints that you can see women naked. I think there's a lot of boys buying these Obviously. that you can see through clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that wasn't the case. But then, you know, and you think, well, if it's an x-ray, I'm, I, genuinely, you should be able to just see bones walking around. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what? I would love to get a pair. I don't know whether they're still out there. Because there was a big uh, primacy in, in the 80s of, like, jo- joke shops and, and practical jokes were really big in the 80s. Whether it was, like, chewing gum things that snap on your thumb you know, uh, fart bombs or, you know, or, or, or sweets that turn your mouth blue or um, pretend blood or Dracula t- plastic teeth. So the, the, the X-ray specs was part of that, part of that scene. And those things are still around, but I don't know about X-ray spectacles. If you're listening to this and you've tried them in, in recent times, uh, what are they like? So I would love to give them a go and just see it. Can I just tell the listeners that when you were listing all those things, you looked so happy. As you were naming them all and remembering them. You looked so elated. I haven't seen you look that happy in, in months, Bush. Well, I, I'm an Everton fan, so I have, very rarely am happy. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, there used to be a joke shop called Terracotta in Bradford-on-Avon, if anyone knows that little part of Wiltshire, uh, that me and my friend James Gaysford used to go to with our pocket money every week. And we'd go to the, at the back of the shop. They had all the jokes, the joke stuff. And it was just a, literally a dreamland. So whoopee cushions, the lot. Uh, so yeah, l- let us know if they work. I desperately want to try them in 2023. X is for X-ray specs. So we're kind of starting a lot of stuff with X-ray, but we, I mean, slim pickings with this letter, Bush. Slim pickings. Um, what about X-Factor, the TV show? Now, the reason I'm bringing it up is because about probably like... 12 to 15 years ago, it was the appointment to watch. Yeah. I'm talking like Gareth Gates v. Will Young. I'm talking about when Beyonce came on and sang with Alexandra Burke. I'm talking about like literally the whole country was in watching X Factor. Um, It's something that I found, I don't know, I don't know why, but I actually found it all quite cringy. Yeah. But it's 100% something that the whole nation got behind. It's been hard to find something like that since. Like it's it was Hugely popular. And of course, it launched incredible careers as well. Like, look at One Direction. Like, that is apps. They came from X Factor, didn't they? 
And yeah, they did, yeah. And that's absolutely insane. You know, they have just become, I mean, Harry Styles is now one of the most famous men in the world and he came from X Factor. Did you watch it? What did you think? Did you find it a bit cringy or were you, were you sweaty and scared on a Saturday night and it was giving uh, you all the comfort you needed? Well, do you know what? It, it was like a cultural phenomenon and, and pop, was it pop stars, the rivals and pop idol with Will, Will Young and... Um, oh, sorry. Was it pop idol with those two? I guess, see, I lumped them all into one thing now. No, no, yeah, but it was all kind of, you know whether it was Pete yeah. Waterman or, or whatever, it was all kind of the same thing. And Girls Aloud came from it and all that kind of stuff. And Hearsay. And it was interesting for me because I was working on a breakfast show uh, in Bristol at that point. So we got to interview all, all the people who came from those things. So Gareth Gates and Will Young, we interviewed him loads of times, Hearsay, Girls Aloud, all that kind of stuff, you know, all that kind of pop. So it, it, was, it was a brilliant kind of the tail end of the innocent era for that kind of stuff. And do you know the reason why I really look back on, on X Factor with, with quite a lot of sadness is that it kind of turned my, my already quite stony heart into even more, like, deepest, darkest granite because it made me really cynical about people who've got sob stories because it went from, like, who's got the best voice to who's got the best sob story, like, whose nan died the most recently or who's got that... You can, again, you can hear the, um, the start of a Coldplay song coming in. Da-na-na-na-na. Clocks comes in or whatever. Uh, and then you know that they're about to start doing their sob story. Because, of course, you know, if me Nan was still here today, Nana would have absolutely loved this. And I bet she's up there right now looking down on Stephen and saying, well done. And I just think I was just screaming at the telly when this kind of stuff was on. And that's terrible, really, because he's, you know, Stephen's Nana's died just before he went on the competition. I shouldn't be telling him to get off. Like I was. Did she just die before the competition, though, Bush? That's it. Maybe she's in hiding, like Shannon Matthews. Maybe she's in a divan with her uncle from Sunderland, waiting to jump out. Uh, but so many questions. But I think it, I think people went in it with a strategy of being a bit of a sob story, and then that that was kind of outweighing talent. Really, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it became much more about the story and this whole thing about I'm dedicating this performance to my dead father. Like, yeah. people really warm to that. Or, well, people who aren't you and me, um, really warm to that and do vote for that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And you're right, it did become less about talent and more about who the hell is going through the most shit, you know? Yes. Well, and, and two things I want to bring up about X Factor, right? Number one, I am fucking sick of hearing the crowd talking to each other when someone's come on stage. When did that become a thing? Oh, my God, that's so cool. Well, surely he's not going to sing. You know that bit where they get into the crowd? Sharp. Don't want to hear the judges talk either. Sharp. Yeah. Like Mass Singer. Don't even get me started on Mass Singer. So that's number one. Number two, and I'm afraid you have to defend this as a representative of the Emerald Isle. Right. Louis Walsh. What's going on there? Not a fan, Bush, i got to say. I find him... I don't know. I find him unlikable. I mean, I know lots of people do <laughs> like him, but I find him unlikable. And um, I don't really... <laughs> So I was going to ask you, what do you think of Simon Cowell? Because he's your version of Louis Walsh. And do you have a lot of respect for him? Or are you like me, where you're just like, this guy's just so full of himself, has too much money and power, and I'm over it? I, I can't see past Simon Cowell's incredible collection of bell-bottom bootcut yeah, jeans. Agreed. And the shoes. The shoes. The jeans and shoe is like, it's like something I've never seen before in my entire life. It's mesmerizing. Well, it's like when I told you before, you know, you asked me what my biggest ick was with the guy. And do you remember yeah. what I said to you? Was it shoes and... Men in bootcut jeans and a leather shoe with a square toe. <laughs> That's exactly what Cal wears. That's it. You've described it. Like, I just can't. I would dry up like a desert bush. Oh, thank you for that descriptive phrase. Uh, the back of his, his boot cut's all frayed. Oh, scra and maybe a bit wet and, and dark if it's a rainy day. Oh, Going on about having tickets for the rugby uh, 
Help for Heroes, uh, uh, calling him Clarkson. Oh, my uh, gosh. Saying Top Gear is not as good anymore. It's, just, it's psychologically profiling them. Um, oh. All Louis Walsh used to say every week on X Factor is, you're the dark horse of the competition. Mm, terrible accent, but I hear what you're saying. So, yeah, there you go. X is for X Factor. Uh, Philip Burridge has emailed us, by the way. He, he says he's enjoying the podcast. Thank you to everyone who's given this uh, podcast series a try. Uh, we appreciate everybody mm-hmm. listening and getting involved. Uh, he's asked if we've had any kickback as of yet from Cadbury's. We talked a lot about Whisper Gold in uh, last week's episode. As of yet, nothing. Have you had anything through? Louise? From from Cadbury's? Yeah. Nothing. I haven't had anything from Barry's okay. and anything from, from Cadbury's. He also adds that he hasn't ha- uh, been pushed any adverts for stockings or women's tights yet, which we were trying to encourage through a lot of chat about it last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also just wants to throw in for X, Trebor, Triple X Mints. And he says, if you talk about it enough, that could be another brand tie-up. Deal. Because you gave me a fisherman's friend last night, Bush. I did. And I think it was my first one ever. And You were like tripping your tits I off. It was tripping balls. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is not for me. Talk me through it. Talk me through it. So then. first of all, like? I don't like the fla- I don't like the shape of it. It's well, first of all, I don't like that you handed it to me with your actual fingers. I was going to decline it. Okay? <laughs> and then I was like, I can't, we're in a dark theatre and I can't give out to you. So I'm just gonna have I to. I thought you gave me a weird look yeah, about I was that. Like, I was like, uh, Really? Can I just explain, right? So I, I got them out of my pocket and I had one to myself and I thought, well, Louise ain't going to want a fisherman's friend. Like, people don't really want fisherman's friend. They're like, oh, no, why would I want one of those? So I went to put it back in my pocket. You kind of slapped me on the arm, pointed at it like, I'll have one of them. Yeah. So I thought, well, um, Well, you'd had all my Pringles. I've... You'd had loads of my Pringles. I needed a, a kickback. Oh, right. Okay, well, you got your kickback, but then what, you don't like me getting it with my fingers? You picked it out with your home and index finger and handed it to me like I was a little child. That I couldn't have just... I have got foot and mouth. I know, but I was like, has he had a piss? And then did he shake it off? And then has he washed his hands? And then what doorknobs has he touched? I, I Look, I'm afraid I, I, I went always through all of that. I always urinate sitting down, so you don't need to worry oh, about Oh, Bush, that's cute. Um, so, yeah, I had a fisherman's friend. I didn't like the texture. I didn't like the shape of it in my mouth. And then the flavor exploded. And I was like, this is, Boom. This is a bit much. And again, I was in a dark room, sitting down, lots of people around me couldn't really move around, couldn't do anything, was thinking about spitting it out, and then was worried right. it, w- it would get stuck on my Birkenstock. <laughs> well, I think, I think um, Fisherman's Friends in the modern era is the closest you can get to an LSD experience while still being on the right side of the law. So, yeah, well, we'll, well Trebor, Triple X mints are great. They're classic dad car driving uh, mints. So thank you for that, Philip. We'll give that a mention and see if we get any kickbacks. Let's just give a, a shout out to... Xmas, which is obviously Christmas, but when I started thinking about things beginning with X, one of the first things that came to my head is Christmas tree. But let's save it. We're not there yet. We're having a heat wave. Let's not go there about Christmas. But I just want to stick it in the pot for the next time we get X. Can I just say that I've had quite a few people pick me up or take me to task on using Xmas when talking about Christmas on on Twitter, and I I don't understand what the problem is. I don't want to type out another 15 to 20 letters. Why why would I want to make more work for myself? What's wrong with Xmas? Do you know what? It's controversial. It is. You're right. I've been picked up on it as well. Um, so maybe we need to be more careful. I like that, kind of a, a slight warning at the end really? of uh, this week's episode. Uh, quite a few people suggesting Xbox. Uh, that was great. I remember doing the launch for Xbox when I used to work on the radio in Bristol. Where You know, have you ever queued up for anything in the evening or for it to be released? You know, you know like people would, would queue for a Harry Potter book. Uh, there was loads of brilliant nerds queuing for the release of the Xbox in Bristol when it first came out, but... Uh, I, I've never done anything like that. I would love to do it. I think, I'd say the community you have after that is pretty strong. I'd say it's great crack. And I'd say yeah. that, like, you really meet friends for life when you're both so loserish that you queue up for something. 
Nice little backhander there from Louise. Uh, Mike says uh, X-rated movies and video nasties as well, but we are running out of time. That is pretty much it. All I need to do is put my hand into the bag of destiny for another week. Let's see what we think it's going to be. Right. Ooh, interesting. Next week's episode is going to be stuff beginning with I. I can live with that. I can live with that. If we can do X and Q, we can do anything. Absolutely. Uh, get in touch in all the usual ways. Thank you so much for listening. This is a Curious Mole production produced by the brilliant Dane Smith, God bless him, and the music is by Revolution Void. We shall get thinking on stuff that begins with I, and we shall see you next week. Goodbye, Lomo. Bye, Bush. Bye, Bush.